It's knowing that your door is always open. Oh, so this weekend, I was with the lady, and we had just got done with dinner, we had a couple beers, and then we came back to the house, and she was like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I mean, I don't know, I don't give a shit. She's like, hey, teach me how to play magic. What? So I was like, oh boy, do I have something to show you. And I walked her to my computer, I sat her down in my chair, I opened up Magic Arena, and I said, here you go, learn. Have fun. If there's if there's anything that made me feel like I knew what the fuck I was doing, it was watching my idiot girlfriend learn how to play magic with Magic Arena. <laughs> just wanting to critique so bad. Oh yeah, and then every time I would try to, she would just like pull a knife on me essentially, verbally pull Say, a knife. Fuck off. Absolutely. But that was That's... the first time that I got to actually use Magic Arena to teach somebody how to play magic. She used and Magic by... Arena before I did. And by the end of the day, like she was way better at playing magic. We went to bed. Got up in the morning, uh, did the things that we were going to do that day. Got back to the house, and she was like, uh, "Can I, can you I play, play some magic, magic again?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, go for it." That's fantastic. It's so awesome. So Magic Arena, the uh, the matchmaking. The matchmaking, Magic. Magic Arena is now Tinder. God damn. <laughs> That's peak nerd culture. If they could somehow put like a dating app in Arena, that would solve all of the problems. They probably could. Oh, we have the technology. But that is also one of those things that, like, we never asked if we should <laughs> kind yeah. of situation. Just because you can, should you? No, absolutely not. I redact that statement. <laughs> Do not turn Magic Arena into a dating app. Science has gone too far. The entire next generation of kids is just going to be a bunch of fucking weebs. Nerds playing Magic Instead of college kids sitting on Tinder in the rooms. Yep. <laughs> They're gonna oh, be like, Timmy, I'm how did cast. your mother? Yeah. yeah, Timmy, how did your mother and father meet? Well, um, they were playing Magic the Gathering Arena, and uh, then I happened. <laughs> yeah, they, they were sitting beside each other after. <laughs> oh, the true love story. That's the next 90 Day Fiance. Is it, I those shows kill me because they're so ridiculous. <laughs> round like, three opponents. Those round three opponents. <laughs> <laughs> We met in the X and two bracket at a GP. Shows like that exist. Do you realize that, right? Like Married at First Sight. Oh, yeah. I saw a commercial for that. And I was like, you have got to be shitting me. Like, when have reality TV shows gone too far? They already have. <laughs> They're already at that point. Like, there's reality TV shows for literally everything. Yeah, literally everything. And it makes stupid people famous. Like, I miss the good old days of, like, My Strange Addiction and shit like that. Like, that show was so entertaining. People eating fucking drywall. Yeah, like, people just like, yeah, just, my addiction is walking on gravel barefoot, and they just put shale in their entire house. That one actually is, like, the eating drywall, that was one of them. Oh, I love that. That was a real thing. That wasn't yeah. a joke. Don't knock it till you tried it, I guess. I remember the hairball one, like, the person who just loved eating cat hairballs. Jesus Christ. The that maybe went to fucking blow my brains out. <laughs> that yeah, was just... I would throw up if I saw someone cat Yeah, that made me, like... That made me, like, actually queasy. Are you want to talk about magic, I guess? I guess. You're going to keep bullshitting about My Strange Addiction. Nope. The Fetch and Shulk reality TV show podcast. <laughs> what is up, you draft chaff? And welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the green and white hybrid mana symbol, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the blue and red hybrid mana symbol, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? 
Just living that hybrid man of lifestyle, you know. God damn it. We have to do this again? We have to do it. This is like every three months. You just got to touch base on it. Is it just like cyclical with the arguments on... It's like some kind of commander rules thing, the reserve list, and uh, the power creep in match. Like arguing about some kind of like Simic card. And then yeah, you just that's like... Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty perfect one. That is the ebb and like, flow of magic. Yeah. Oh, and then you throw in a spoiler season in there and everything's hunky-dory. And then the cycle continues. Yeah, you got to mix it up. Yeah, I mean, every so often we do get to throw in like an artist that's done something shitty or a community member that's done something shitty or, uh, you know, the the company that makes the cards doing something shitty. Uh, but there is always going to be those fallbacks of reserve list and commander roles. About to say commander something or other. But I guess for uh, people out there who don't give a shit, there was a, another spark up of the great hybrid mana in commander debate this week. And me and Matt decided that we are just going to set the record straight here. We're going to end it. Just like World Hunger, we're ending it right here. I'm pretty sure that's what we ended World Hunger, right? Pretty sure that's still fucking a terrible thing. Okay, well, we'll, well, let's settle the hybrid mana debate. Next week, we'll settle World Hunger. It's good. We'll try. I think we have the power at this point. We've already, like, got so many cards printed. Wizards listen to listens to us. That's a fact. Why else would we have Baneslayer Angel in Corset 2021 if it wasn't for us? Gotta get that uh, white power level up. That's what I'm saying. We need white, make white cards great again. But yeah, so the hybrid mana symbol debate. I, I guess the gist of it is, should you be able to play a hybrid mana casting cost card in a commander deck where your commander does not have both of the colors of that hybrid mana? So let me start by first saying, no one really gives a shit. All right, now that I got that out of the way. Okay, yes. Um, I honestly don't care either way. I can see arguments for both. Sure. And I think I'm I'm the same way where I have the ability to see arguments for both sides. I just think the arguments from one side are coming from a place that I don't agree with. And the arguments for the side that I'm on are right, which that's how arguments. <laughs> that's exactly how arguments work. Yeah. 100%. Arguments work because both parties think that they're correct. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, Matt, what are uh, let's say I think we both agree that at the end of the day, if you and your friends are sitting down and playing a game of Magic, before the game starts, if you're just like, hey, I have this blue-white deck, and I want to play Kitchen Finks in it. Is that cool? Kitchen Finks is a green-white hybrid card, but green is not in my deck. I can still cast it with white. Are you guys cool with that? If the if everybody else at the table, if there's three other people you're sitting down to play with, say, yeah, that's hunky-dory, dude, you didn't do it. Yeah, that's one reason is, yes, it's a fucking casual format. Ask people, they'll say yes or no. Um, if they say no, they're probably a dick anyway, and you probably shouldn't be playing with them, but... That's a good point. I think this argument, the only validity that this really comes from is for scenarios where... I've definitely been in this scenario before, where you are either... You, like, move to a new place, or you're going to a new LGS, and you want to sit down and play a game of Commander with maybe people you haven't ever played a game of Magic with before. Or if you're at a GP at the, like, little Commander Corner area and you just want to jam a game because you don't have anything else going on, and you sit down with three rando people. Or you don't have friends, which can be a real thing. So which is a make real friends thing. Yeah. at Magic Tournament in the Commander. Commander Spot's a good place to do it. Yeah, I mean, even at your LGS, just like hanging out and playing Commander with people, that's how you make connections with new people. Commander's yeah, it's called the best meeting people, not fucking Magic Online. Now, Magic Online chat can be entertaining at some time. It can be. I've met like three or four people on the internet that I actually enjoy through the commander online chats 
com- the commander chat's probably a little different than yes. like competitive. But yeah, so that's for the yes argument. It's yeah, it's a casual format. It is technically the color um, because it is technically white. It is technically green. It is technically white green. Yeah, it is. It is simultaneously both colors and each color individual. Yeah, so there is an argument for it. And just ask is the biggest thing. If you want to play something, shit, if someone said, hey, can I use this Planeswalker like Nickel Bolas or something? Fucking have at it, man. It's Commander. It's not something super serious. Um, if it's CEDH, people are probably going to say no. Yeah, especially the competitive crowd. That seems like the people who I think should be arguing against it. But frequently, I think those are people who are arguing for the hybrid cost, which I think is strange. Just opens up more cards. That's all. Yeah, but if you already have a set deck that's like already min-max and you already like have the deck list, opening up this possibility could either completely change your deck or open up another complete different style of deck that like kind of either makes your deck worse or just like straight up invalidate. I don't think there's anything that could straight up invalidate a deck in Commander, especially CEDH, but I don't play CEDH enough to really say that that is correct or incorrect. It would make all decks significantly better. Yeah, and I think that that is probably true. Because let's say you have, for example, a Bant. So you would get everything that is blue-green hybrid, green-blue hybrid, and white-green hybrid. That opens up a lot of fucking cards. Might, some I mean, of them might be utterly useless, but if it gives you one additional card that you didn't have access, that's well, you a pretty already strong have, move. You already have access to those colors, but, so you can oh, play this yeah, hybrid. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, but what uh, you, yeah. yeah, you mean like any like a yeah, black-white hybrid card? Yeah, like Luris, for example. You couldn't play that in a regular Bant deck, but now you could. It's white. Exactly. Yeah, I fucked that. I, I thank you for understanding what I was trying to say. And yeah. not actually what I said. You're gone. Yeah. I, th- I think what you, yeah, what you're saying makes total sense, even though you might have said it incorrectly. Those yeah. So just a mono blue deck, you couldn't play the, the otter or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you could. You could play for blue blue since it's technically one of its casting or one of its. One of the colors of mana in the high. Well, yeah. One of the color schemes. I'm trying to think of the right word for that. Uh, one, one of the, the options. one of its color ideas. One of the options. There we go. Keep it simple, stupid. Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll let's. Yeah. We'll call it options. That works. I mean, you brought up a point with the like the rule zero thing, where if you sit down and you say, "Hey, can I use this card?" and everybody says it's cool, then it's cool, and that works for like you said uh, for the hybrid cost. It also works for like if you want to use your example was like Nickel Bolas, but really any Planeswalker would work with that. That doesn't already say. Uh, hey, you can use this as your commander. Let's rule out the rule zero thing. I The argument that I hear a lot of people saying uh, for bringing the hybrid mana cost into commander is, well, if we let those happen, like, then what else or what else can we let happen? Like, Anything, could all... you can always change the rules. You can change the format. Yeah, you can do the... all sorts of shit like that. Yeah, it's the, like, when does it stop argument, which I don't think is a good argument from it's either side of the table. It's a terrible fucking argument. Yeah, it's a bad argument. Especially for that. Yeah, because they make changes to the rules all the time. They literally just changed a rule in Commander saying that death triggers now work on Commander. And I think a vast majority of Commander players say think that that was a good change. Oh, you mean like, oh, if this goes to the graveyard, instead of it being automatically exiled back to your end zone, it yes. would trigger like... It triggers going to the graveyard. Okay, I got you. That's probably a good. Yeah, I think that's a that's an overwhelmingly positive rule change. And guess what? If they say, "Hey, yeah, you can have hybrid cards," and it turns out they're too ridiculous, they can say, "Yep, sorry, but we tried it and we it fucking ruined it." So they gone. Well, 
for my argument side, I personally think that hybrid mana symbol cards should not be allowed in decks that are not both of those colors. So my, you're, the, you're arguing the no, so there's a good, yeah. argu- there's good arguments. Yeah, so I go agree. ahead, and um, you go ahead, and I'll argue my no as well, because I, like I said, I genuinely don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So, so I think the big arguments, my, I have two big arguments against hybrid mana symbols in Commander. The number one thing is, there are how many cards in Magic the Gathering? A lot. A shit ton. There are, I believe, 750-ish cards with hybrid mana symbols. In what world do you need that card with a hybrid mana symbol so badly that you're willing, that's the hill that you're willing to die on? Instead of just like looking at the other gazillion cards in Magic to find another card that fits that role. Well, I can think of one example right off the bat. Kitchen what is Finks. it? Kitchen Finks, Murderous Red Cap, stuff like that where um, it serves a dual purpose. Kitchen Finks is a weird one because of specifically it has Persist. Well, but so does Murderous Red Cap. That, that's what I'm saying. Like those ones feel, feel a weird role. Okay, well now you don't have to really play, let's say, white to get advantage off of things you can just play that saltai deck and have gain infinite life pretty fucking easy where absolutely th- there might not be it might take three cards that you want to do rather sure. than hey this one innocuous three two fills that role and then it opens up more slots but I, then i think that that is better for the format that you don't just get access to that one card that does that thing that it does so well that it invalidates one an entire other section of cards because they're like oh why would i play this card this card this card if kitchen this one exists? is clearly better than all of them yeah yeah i mean and that's kind no, of no, the, like the, i said i get both sides of yeah the yeah and that's I, the perfect example like that is really probably the one of the better ones i mean murderous red cap in that same vein it's those are cards built for the competitive crowd in commander i can see somebody who wants to play like a mono white life gain deck thinking that Kitchen Finks would be cool to have in their deck. But if you're going for that theme, like that one, that's not a very competitive thing. So you're probably looking for a more flavorful card than a powerful card. And if you're making the flavor argument, then hybrid mana symbols for the decks that don't have both of those mana symbols in the color identity of the commander, that's just less flavorful. Yeah, for that example, I'm sure there's probably other examples. Yeah, I mean, just the whole point of commander is you pick your commander... And then your deck is built around the colors of your commander or the ability of your commander cards that fall into that color. Going outside of that color just seems kind of counterintuitive for the format. I agree with that, um, specifically because when I was building my commander deck, I would I would hybrid specifically and still cast this. It's like, that would be so much fun. But at the same time, it's like, ooh, now I have to find something else. Yeah. I mean, and if and you like are, doing stuff like that, I enjoy doing that. Hey, sure. what will fill this role and blah, blah, blah. But there are also like specific cards out there that people want to build commander decks out of or around, I guess, that are not legal as your commander. The first one that comes into mind is Villainous Wealth. Like obviously Villain, Villainous Wealth is a sorcery speed spell. It can't be your commander. It's not hybrid though. No, but it's it's that same oh, concept of, example. Okay, of okay. a card that can't be your commander, but the spell is so cool that you just want to build a deck around it. So you pick r- a random soul tie commander, like Tassiger or something like that. Moldrotha. <coughs> or Moldrotha, exactly. And your entire goal in that deck is to just get a bunch of mana, find your villainous wealth, cash your villainous wealth for a million, win the game. And those decks are so cool 
it's one of my like three win conditions. Yeah, just because your whole entire concept of your deck is a card that's not readily available to you like a commander is. I think that's such a neat way to build a deck. If I feel you like have... that most commander decks are that way. Yeah, now, but granted, if... there are some like, hey, commander, now I combat, but not all of them. So there's a, probably more leaning towards the, the most important card in your deck is actually not your commander. But if, if you really love that card, like a specific card so much, like Dubscape is, is a good one. That's the blue-white hybrid one that whenever somebody plays a spell, it's countered and they create uh, birds equal to its converted mana cost. If you want to build a Dubscape deck that bad, but you don't aren't willing to make it just a like a blue white deck at very least, then just like don't play that card. Like if you love that card so much, you're obviously going to just build a very specific blue white deck that is controlling and has the ability to go get that card with like a tutor effect or something like that. Play that card and then you get to have your cake with that. Yeah, you can't have everything. No, because you could easily play a three color deck with that in it. With that third color, you might want to play something else that goes good with it. There's a fuckload of legendary stuff, especially now that Wizards really is focusing on it. Oh, for sure. And and we have a set entirely dedicated to Commander coming out in the end of the year. That's going to open up far more doors than I think releasing hybrid mana symbols is going to open up. Yeah. I mean, that's entirely and, speculation, but that I, th I, I think that that is going to be true once we see that set. Yeah. And, uh, my argument for no is it's actually is against the commander rules because it does have a different color identity. Yes, exactly. So say you did want a mono white deck. Kitchen Finks is a green card as well. Yeah, so it's not just white. Like everything yeah. else in your deck has to be. Like that's you can't... probably the biggest one because then you're changing the rules of commander. That if you want, if you really want that, say the Canadian Highlander. Yeah, Canadian Highlander is a perfect place for that. Uh, also, I. Like, you can't play flashback spells with a different flashback cost. Like, if you're playing a mono-white spirit deck, can't play um, good old you can't play souls. Lingering Souls. I, in my mind, that's not significantly different than the than the hybrid mana symbol. No, it's pretty much the same. Sure, you can't recast Lingering Souls, but you can still cast the first half. Well, can't even go in your deck. But you can't put... Yeah, exactly. You just can't put it in your deck because of that second half. And I think that's totally fine. People would just play, like, a Spectral Procession. Yeah. Which I think is just a better version of Lingering Souls if you're only casting it once. Yeah, and discard and all that goes a long way with Lingering Souls. It's true. Yeah, and my other argument against it too is just like the... What I think it would do to the format is one of the things that I don't like about Commander in general, and that's the homogenization of the format as a whole. You know, and I'm pretty sure the people listening know, I'm very outspoken about my hatred for Soul Ring. I'm very outspoken about my hatred for Cyclonic Rift. I hate all of those cards that are just like auto include in whatever color of deck you're. That There's always going to be cards like that though that they're just mm -hmm. so good they should need to go in every deck like Sylvan Library. If you have a green deck and you're playing Sylvan Library, you're kind of fucking it up as you should be because that card is just so overtly powerful. And that's what a lot of those ones. Like, yeah, what's the those, white enchantment? Oh, the to... tides, smothering tides. That's another uh, one of those cards that falls into that category card. of like if you're playing white and you're not playing that card. Like, you're kind of blowing it? Yeah, you're doing something wrong. Just so, so powerful. You're always going to have those. Yeah, but that, like, I know it's unavoidable, but the fact that those cards exist kind of just bum me out. Yeah, you would just, the, my point is, I get what you're saying. You would just always be bummed out by a different card, because no matter what yep. you do, it's like, take Popper, for example. Um, there's going to be certain cards that you play in Popper, 
for each color. And if you're yeah, playing sure. Popper Commander and you don't have a Nubamog's Crusher, you're at a severe disadvantage. So you kind of need to, and that's in any really format. I think that's the difference between constructed format with play sets and Commander. Like Commander, the fact that it's singleton, just that gives it a different vibe to me. And the fact that it's like supposed to be a casual format gives it a different vibe. And I think those cards that kind of homogenize it make it so that vibe is kind of lost. That's where you're missing my point. You're always going to have that no matter what. You could ban Soul Ring, Manatize, or whatever it's called. Uh, you could ban smothering the blue ties. one, Smothering Ties. You could ban the blue card. Um, it doesn't, tummy. yeah, you're just, something will replace it. It's just always going to be, no matter what you do, you could ban everything. Well, not everything, because then you don't have a format. But if you ban something, it's like, oh, this is the next best thing. There's going to so be something Everyone's going to play this. That. I mean, exactly. yeah, but there's, I also think that there's a point where, if you do ban those things, the thing that falls in that place is just a that a fraction worse that not every deck needs to play, right? Well, then your format sucks even more. No, I think actually the format gains a lot from that. Like, at this point, every commander deck is their commander, 98 cards, and soul ring. And that's just how the format is. I think the, I think the format losing soul ring and everybody gaining that one additional card that could be anything in the entire history of magic i think the format is better than 98 cards and soul ring by a significant margin maybe hate to break it to you i don't think they're ever going to ban so they've printed it fifteen thousand times in every commander set oh i have a fucking i have a laundry list of cards that i don't want in commander that are never going to get banned like every tutor soul ring cyclonic rift smothering tides Heuristic study. <laughs> like the list goes on, dude. <laughs> Maybe they'll just start and start your own commander where it's like powered down commander. Um, the, the Matt, pioneer of commander. May I introduce you to Wood Nickel? Because none of those really powerful cards are cheap enough to fit into that format. <laughs> I don't think it would uh, steam. Hate to break it to you, bud. Nope. Wood Nickel already has uh, me, uh, three of my friends, and now Corey. Even though he hasn't made a deck yet but last week he said he would so i'm holding him to that just text him every day be like make a wood nickel deck make a wood nickel deck oh i'm gonna start getting on his ass about it i love it how how much more do you think we're gonna have this hybrid mana symbol conversation before the commander rules committee makes us like a actual foot in the ground statement about it and tries to snuff out the argument forever every so often do that you think we're just doomed to continue this uh nonsense until something said absolutely no i think continue you're right. it not continuously but it's cyclical it'll come back yeah it'll it has its spurts and that's why i think there's the commander rules committee should just come together if they're against it which it seems like they are make a statement saying we don't want this in the game of commander and here's why lay it out for the world and then the people who uh don't want it can read that and be and be validated and be happy and then the people who would like the change can at least see their argument that they're making, whether they agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. At least that the opinion of the people who make the format they have is an out there. It's there. Yeah. And they, if they really wanted to, they could, well, commander is a weird one. Cause it's not wizards that do it. It's a group of people who say, no, fuck off. We're doing what we want to do. So they yeah, it's, for it's just sure, judges just... and people who are very knowledgeable about the format. Yeah any point they could say hey you know what we we were rethinking this so i don't think that it'll have people will stop bitching about it i even think after they come out with hey we're never going to do this 
people are still going to bitch. You might be right. Honestly, <laughs> you might be 100% right. I mean, look at me. I bitch about Birthing Pod, and that was what? Like years seven ago? years ago? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I'm going off into a tie right now. Honestly, if you look at the state of modern, I don't think it would be that great. <laughs> this is just reopening old wounds. Oh, I love it. I mean, you don't hear me bitching about uh, unbanning Stoneforge Mystic anymore because they was, did it. Was Cooligan's Command legal with Birthing Pod? I don't think it was, was it? Absolutely not. Yeah. So there you fucking go. No, yeah. Colingan's command was not legal when Birthing Pod was legal in Mon. So imagine on your turn three, well, I guess they could do a turn two, but on your turn three, you go, okay, kill your dork and your pod. I mean, that does give you the feel bads if you're if you're playing Birthing Pod. I don't think that makes the deck significantly worse, though, because I don't think Colingan's command seeing a ton of play. No, but I'm saying it. If, if in the event of Birthing Pod being unbanned, you think Colingan's command would see a uh, spike? That and a braid and all those good, what is it, module, modal, modal. Modal. I think is what, yeah, modal answers. You heard it here first, kids. The And the Fetch and Shock uh, MTG Finance Podcast. Buy your goal against commands now and uh, light them on fire because fuck that card. thought you were a big fan of that card. Oh, God, don't get me started. Can we just, is this digging up old wounds now? <laughs> just like you, you got to bitch about Furling Pod. Now I get to bitch about cold. What, are we going to talk about Hogak next? Is that is that where we're at? He has a hybrid card. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot play Hogak in your black-white deck. I'm sorry. God damn it. Well, that went off the rails. Yeah, that it was like starting to veer and then just went off the side of the risk yeah. down the mountainside. Yeah, usually quick. when you see you're, that you're going off the road, most people would try to steer back towards, you know, I uh, lean into center. It and hit. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we, we lean to the other side, accelerate into the ravine. And then Dukes enjoy of the ride. We're the Dukes of Hazard of Magic. Jesus. <laughs> what are the two characters in Dukes of Hazard? Bo and Luke. Who's Bo and who's Luke? Luke is the, not the ladies man. So the new Dukes of Hazard, the newer Dukes of Hazard, uh, it's Johnny Knoxville. Okay. And okay, Bo- no, but. Between us, who is Bo and who is Luke? No, I don't know. That's a tough one. You're Daisy. I'm Bo and Luke. <laughs> I'm da- you, I, do, I do look good in a short pair of uh, denim shorts. I mean, who doesn't? Okay. Yeah. You make a actually really good point. I love that the next time we get to go to an actual magic event, you and I both are going to have to wear... <laughs> Daisy Duke. Bye, hi, Daisy Duke denim shorts. My legs are too hairy. Wax them up. Fuck that. I'd nair them if anything. That'll be the Fetch and Shock live stream. You and me getting bikini waxes before our first GP after oh COVID. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't imagine. All those poor women and everyone fucking else who get salute, salute to you, because that's that's painful. Yeah, you're literally just signing up for just actual factual torture. Kudos to you. You've No matter what gender you are, you got bigger balls than I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is some shit. Yeah, fuck that, bud. But just imagine how many YouTube views, how many sweet, sweet validating views we'd get if we did bikini waxes like 45 no i think we might break 50 with that (laughs) (laughs) just maybe incredible well let's stop digging up old wounds and uh let's cut into some new ones how about that let's yeah let's all right let's dig in (laughs) matt yeah how do you feel about corset 2021 so far um i like it okay did you get the opportunity to do any drafts 
mock drafts. I didn't actually get sit down and do those. like IRL drafts, like playing against people. Correct. And mock drafts, like I mean, like drafted and uh, what was that other one? I mean, draftism is the one that I would use. I mean, we is that the thing that we? Yeah, that's the one that I was using. Yep, that one's really good. Yeah, and I was doing mock drafts on there, so I know that some things are ridiculous, and you're not going to get some of the things that I was getting. Sure. But I, mean, yeah, I always I mean, do that it's before program, I actually. So it's going to be flawed. It's always something that I do just to get a like a lay of the land on the cards. Sure. And you haven't got to do a sealed yet, have you? No. See, I, again, the lady was here this weekend. So I didn't get the opportunity to do a pre-release. Even if she wasn't here, I'm not sure if I would have done one because I think I want to save my pre-release cherry for the Fetch and Shock post-release pre-release. That we are running on the Fetch and Shock Discord. Say that five times fast. The Fetch and Shock post pre-release pre-release. The Fetch and Shock post release. Fetch and Shock post release pre-release. Fetch and Shock post. <sighs> okay, no, you, I, you did it. We, we I, I got close. But anyway, the Fetch Fetch and Shock post release pre-release. If you're interested, we're going to be doing a sealed event through our Discord. Jump on over there. You can find the link on our Twitter, Fetch underscore Shock, or in the description of this episode. Jump over there. Find out some more details on the event and uh, join in if you can. It's going to be a blast. I think so, too. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, like I said, haven't done any sealed yet, but I have done, I shit you not, probably like 30 Corset 2021 drafts already. And this is the first week of format. That seems like a lot. Like, it's not even officially released yet. Like, the official release weekend is this coming weekend, but release weekends don't matter in the world of uh, the Dirty Sea. Because we have the internet. Old interwebs. And I, this is where I do my uh, my little shout out to Magic Arena. We talked a lot of shit when Magic Arena first started. Because uh, can you believe that I th- we are older than Magic Arena? Yeah, we're older than Magic Online too. No, I'm talking oh, about you mean the, podcast. the podcast, idiot. I was like, yeah, no shit, you moron. Um, <laughs> that's kind of wild. Think about. Yeah. but And before, uh, what was it? Akoria. It was before Akoria. When you draft on Magic Arena, it was with bots. And that led to some kind of weird decks because the bots prioritize cards differently than a human being would. But now that they introduced human being drafts to Magic Arena, there is no other way I would ever want to play a draft digitally ever again. It's literally perfect. Yeah, that's what you were saying earlier, that it's just so much better. Yeah, and especially for someone like me, which I'm sure some of our listeners... Uh, share the same sentiment i thoroughly enjoy the process of drafting like i love opening that pack one and deciding what i pick and then going through that draft and like reading signals and seeing how the deck comes together and then playing the games afterwards don't get me wrong i still love that aspect of it but nothing quite scratches that itch like actually drafting your deck in magic arena you get to do it quicker than magic online and if you do the best of one um like rooms on there you just get to roll over games quicker so then you get to jump back into drafting faster yeah i'm a big fan of the actual draft yeah drafting is the best part about drafting playing the games is like a secondary fun thing but the draft is so much better but and magic arena just gives you more of that which like now that it exists and you can do it with actual human beings there's no looking back magic arena is 100 percent the way that i'm drafting for the rest of my life Unless it's in paper. But that being said, let's go over some of the our, uh, our I guess, first impressions of Corset 2021. 
as far as a limited format is concerned. Matt, do you have any going through your drafts? I know you you said you didn't do real drafts, but the mock drafts will give you an idea of kind of what's in the packs and what kind of decks you can build. As far as a drafting set, what do you think? Um, it seems pretty balanced. I really think that the uh, Cultivate is super powerful and it's good to pick up early, especially if you want to do shenanigans. I don't know those. Many people don't actually know me, know me. I fucking like shenanigans. Yeah, you are a big fan of the, regardless of the amount of fixing in the format, I want to draft like a three color to four color deck. If you can. Yeah, I, I love splashing and it always works out for it. Yeah, because some people are lucky like you and then some people are just getting by on just sheer force of will like I am. Just white You know, I do have really good luck opening. Yeah, you do. Opening like crazy bombs. I really do. I can't even argue that. Yeah, but for unlucky people like me, um, I don't think that this format, like you have to open up something absolutely disgusting and it only have like a single color mana symbol that is not in your initial two colors for you to ever really want to play a third color. Like splashing in this set is just not something I ever want to do in draft. One thing that I always am willing to splash for outside of bombs, um, unconditional remove, especially sure. uh, like the five mana. What's the four and a black? Get rid of a creature or planeswalker. Oh, that is finishing blow. Yeah, like I could see myself splashing that. It's not hard. You got tons of fixing. I think finishing blow is a is a good splash card, but in that same vein, I think removal is plentiful enough it's in this flush. format that it's, it's not really flush, necessary. Like. Yeah, I could see that. Because like every color has their own version of a premium removal, right? Like uh, even, I mean, green has Hunter's Edge, which is the put a plus one, plus one counter and then fight a creature or not even fight a creature. Your creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature, which is significantly better than fight. Red and black have infinite removal spells. Uh, blue doesn't have a lot of removal spells, but what it does have is effective ways to kind of slow down your opponent. Uh, like blue has... It's always the bounce and stuff yeah, like it, that. I mean, it does have capture spear, which is a pretty good removal spell. It has frost breath, which is tap two creatures. They don't untap during their opponent's untap step. Uh, they have uh, roaming ghost light, which is a 3-2 flyer for 3-2 and two blue that bounces something when it enters the battlefield. That card is the best blue common in this set, and it's not kind of close. Yeah, I can see that. And, and like, white has decent removal, too. Um, face Fetters is obviously very good, um, but that you don't see Face Fetters wheeling ever. Like, people are first Nor picking that card a lot. Especially yeah, you should in my never experience. see that wheel. I've seen maybe, out of the 30 drafts that I've done, I've seen maybe two or three face fetters that I didn't have, like, pack one, pick one, which is nuts. And I wish that was an exaggeration. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a ridiculous amount of bombs. There are bombs, get me wrong. Um, the bombs are more fall into the rare category this set, which is one of the things I want to bring up about it. Um, like you said, this set is really balanced, but they are. this set is so swingy, dependent on your rares. There are some absolute haymakers. Yeah, just powerhouse. Like, I've played games where I was in the driver's seat almost the entire time, and my opponent cast an Ugin, the spirit dragon, and I lost on the spot. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Same thing has happened where I'm in the driver's seat, my opponent cast Massacre Worm, and I just die. Yeah, that checks out. Outside of Ugin, though, I have found that 
the other like really powerful mythic rares in the set outside of Baneslayer Angel. I haven't got the opportunity to play against or play with Baneslayer Angel yet, but I just know from previous experiences with that card that it's going to end the game one way or another, unless you have a way to deal with it immediately. But like the other mythic rares, like the like Liliana, Garrick, those cards are really beatable. Yeah, which that is doesn't surprising. surprise. Yeah, that doesn't actually surprise me. Which I think is a testament to how good some of the removals is in this format. Like finishing blow, the black removal spell kills planeswalker. All of the red burn spells, you can target a planeswalker with. Like removal spells are very, very good in this format for dealing with those kind of troublesome cards. Yeah, they're just the answer at all. Yep. But I, I did write some notes about my thoughts of the format. Uh, first of all, this format is absolutely one of the most aggressive formats we've had in a long time. Really? It is so, so aggressive. Um, to the point where, uh, this is another point that I wanted to make. If you are drafting this format and you see a pack, obviously removal is is king. You want to pick up those removal spells. But the cheap ones are so much better than the, the more expensive ones because you're going to want to remove creatures earlier in the game than later. I can't even tell you how many times I've needed to use like a finishing blow on like a two or three drop and it's felt awful. Yeah, I'm sure spending five mana and a card to get rid of their drop is not, not really where you want to be. Yeah, so if you are sitting there drafting and you have a pack and you have a very, 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 you have a very powerful like four to six mana card and a very powerful two to three mana card. Take that two and three mana card 100% of the time every time because this format is so aggressive and you want to be able to affect the board in a meaningful way as early as you possibly can. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the later drop cards, like when you hit your curve four and above, everything that's coming around the table is so replaceable in that mana slot outside of maybe... Uh, two cards come to mind. Uh, Colossal Dreadmaw is one of them. That is the best big common in the set. Six mana for a 6-6, six, six, Trample. And the other one is a blue card. Um, it's the uh, Spined Megalodon. The five blue blue for a 5-7 Hexproof. And whenever it attacks Scry one, that card doesn't sound like it would be very good. That card is actually awesome. See, that sounds really good to me. That doesn't surprise me. Hexproof is ridiculous. And on a 5-7 body. Absolutely. Yeah, I would I instantly believe you. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've noticed about this uh, format through drafting it, and this is usually um, good advice for drafting in general, but in this set particularly, seriously, do not marry your first pick ever. Yeah, you should never do that, even unless it's like a ridiculous bomb that'll just win you the game. Yep. There's um, enough fixing. Akoria was better for this than uh, Corset 2021. Like in Akoria, there's a lot of the times where your pack one, pick one, even if, it's a, even if it's an uncommon, is just good enough for you to be like, oh, well, I'm picking this up and I'm guaranteed playing this color paired with something else. In this set, that is certainly not the case. If, unless you pick up like a disgusting rare like Baneslayer Angel or something like that, your first pick is pretty flexible. And don't feel bad about just like throwing it away. There's plenty of times where I've pack one, picked one, uh, like Scorching Dragonfire, and then didn't play red at all because I never saw red again, or at least meaningful red. I was about to say, I'm sure you saw some shit, just not yeah, anything absurd. And also speaking of removal, this format, again, more so than a lot of other formats, combat tricks are 
incredibly good. Because like I said, this format is so aggressive that if you can make your opponent make one mistake in combat and just like make a small blowout, that could be the turning point in the game and that could just win you the game. Yeah, combat tricks can do that. Oh, for sure. And like even kind of like the like the normally cards that you would see wheeling, which they still wheel in this format, but they're they're better in this format than a lot. Like Sure Strike. One in a red, uh, plus three, plus O, oh, uh, creature gains first strike. That card gets you out of situations that literally no other card in the format can. Like yeah, Scorching the... Dragonfire can't get you out of that situation. Like Grasp of Darkness can't get you out of that situation. Sure Strike will 1000% do it every time. It's a very powerful effect. I'm a big fan of that card. Um, there are also uh, two cards in specific that I think are probably undervalued. It is Feet of Resistance in Ranger's Guile. Feet of Resistance is one and a white. Put a plus one, plus one cre- counter on target creature you control, and it gains protection from a chosen color until the end of turn. And Ranger's Guile is plus one, plus O oh until the end of turn, and it has hexproof. Those cards are very, very good. Like, much better than I think they would normally be in a other limited form. You think? Uh, absolutely. Because there are just so, there's so much removal floating around, and the format is so aggressive that Feet of Resistance adding the counter is huge. And just being able to either essentially countering a removal spell or completely changing how your the combat works for you is more powerful than it typically works. Yeah, countering removal spells is always, it always feels really nice. Oh, absolutely. And I do have a power ranking for the colors for Corset 2021. I mean, the format is kind of early still. Like I said, I mean, it hasn't even been really released in paper yet. But I have played it enough that I am very confident in the, uh, the, the power level of these colors. And the power ranking goes as followed. Uh, red, number one. Black is a kind of close two. And then there's about like a mile in between that and then green. And then maybe another mile and then blue. And then maybe another mile and then white. You think white being the strongest? No, white being the worst. Red oh, is the really? best, white is the worst. Yeah, I, I no. mean, and I, that's... I don't. That I think take, there's a ton a of people that probably agree. It just red has scorching dragon fire at common, shock at common. Some of the two drops are amazing, and the way that red pairs with other colors is better than I think any of the other colors as far as a pairing goes. Like red black is the best deck in the format. I think red green can just go out of control with high toughness or high power creatures. Red blue, the spells deck is very good. And red-white, even though I think white is one of the worst colors, I think it's the red-white deck is very, very good. Especially if you have the uncommon. Um, the red-white uncommon is Alpine Houndmaster. It's a red and a white for a 2-2. When it enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a card named Alpine Watchdog and or Ignis Cure. Uh, yeah, draw two cards. That card is, a lot of the times, just two mana, get a 2-2, draw two. And when it attacks, it gets a plus X plus X equal to the number of other attacking. Like that card just does everything you would want it to do in that deck. And yeah, both Ignis Cure, yeah, Ignis Cure and Alpine Watchdog are both solid two drops. Alpine Watchdog, one in a white, two, two with Vigilance. And Ignis Cure is one in a red, one, two. And for one in a red, you can give it a plus two plus O. Oh. Alpine Watchdog is much better than Ignis Cure. But I think both of those cards are very playable, especially in that deck. Yeah, I can see that. Also, last week, I th- um, we no, the week before, we talked about kind of our thoughts about cards we'd want to see in Limited, or like first pick in Limited. 
And I mentioned, I think Watcher of the Spheres was in my top cards. What is that? That is the white and a blue 2-2 flyer. Creature spells with flying, you cast cost one less. And then it gets a plus one, plus one. Uh, The blue-white deck, I think, is bad enough that unless you get, like, that card and a bunch of disgusting flyers, I don't think that card's very good. How's the Windrake prowess thing? The The three-drop 2-2 flyer with prowess. Oh, the blue card. Yeah. That card is my pick for... Uh, you're talking about Mistral Singer. I, I think. I honestly don't yep, know. Yeah, that's the two and a blue, two, two, flying prowess. That sounds about right. That card is my pick for probably the second best common in blue. The first one being uh, Roaming Ghostlight. Not the Spine Megalodon? <laughs> um, The Megalodon, I think, is very good, but I'm kind of ranking those on how early you want to pick them. In, I, in, I know. That was a joke. No, no, but in my experience, Megalodon wheels far more than it should like i've gotten that card like second to last pick when i'm in blue and i'm like uh yeah this is absolutely making the deck thank you for this gift yeah that's that shouldn't go that late no absolutely not um there's some there's some really notable commons too in the set that i think when you are drafting because i said like don't marry your first pick like read signals there are some signal cards that i think really help with that too uh the white one and I think is the best white common in the set. Basri's Acolyte, uh, two and two white for a two, three lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two other target creatures. Yeah, that seems good. That card has been a powerhouse. It fits into the black white deck because of life gain. It fits into the green white deck because of plus one, plus one counters. It fits into the red white deck because plus one, plus one counters just go wide. Any deck you want to play white and get aggressive, which you want to in this format, that card takes it home for me. Yeah, puts a lot of power on the board for you. Um, Legion's Judgment 2. I feel like people are picking Legion's Judgment up early. It is the 2 and a white for a sorcery speed, destroy target creature with power 4 or greater. That card doesn't really pull the weight that I... Yeah, not massive creatures in a set. No, there really aren't. It's such an aggressive format that I think just having... Uh, better removal spells either in your pairing color or even in just white like if you can take a swift response over top of legion judgment you are in such a better spot yeah i can see that yeah swift response is one in a white instant speed destroy target tapped creature that card is blowout yeah there seems to be a lot of good uh good cards backed up with a lot of very good support cards oh for it keeps sure. it keeps it themey for sure oh my goodness yeah i mean black has uh Deathbloom Thalad. Like that's a premium card. Like I will pick one pack one pick one Deathbloom Thalad if there's not any removal spell in the pack. Like that's how good that card is. Which one is that? Deathbloom Thalad is two and a black for a three two and when it dies you get a one one green sapperling creature. Oh yeah that thing seems pretty good. Ah, that was oh, in yeah. Dominaria. Correct. It was in Dominaria. And it was a powerhouse then and it's a powerhouse now. Like there's no yeah. limit to how good Deathbloom Thalad can be. For, like it, it just feels so good whenever you resolve that card, no matter what happens to it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it trades up and you get a body. Uh, there's times where you can sacrifice it to get value and then just sacrifice the Thalad, get more value. That card just has so much gas attached. How's Colossi D? Talking about uh, Colossal Dreadmaw. Heavy hitter. Um, That card, I think, is very, very good. <laughs> I mean, we've only seen it in, what, like 40 limited formats recently? Yeah, only. That card so, can end games. Hey, if it works, if it ain't broke, so, don't fix it. 
I would go so far as to say it is the second best dinosaur at common. Is it the only? Are there two dinosaurs at common? No, there are, I think, three dinosaurs at common, from my knowledge. There is the ornery uh, Diplophosaurus. Um, it's like a four mana tutu and it does nothing. It's bad. Don't ever play that card in your deck. Um, but Drowsing Pteranodon is the best <laughs> dinosaur at common and it's not kind of close. Not even, yeah. Yeah, it's the one in the green 3-3 three, three with Defender. But if you control a creature with power four or greater, it can tack as though it doesn't have Defender. I can't even tell you how many times that I've just like hit this guy on two. It's built a wall that my opponent cannot attack through. And Buys then, you a lot of time. Yeah, and then when I hit four mana, I just Hunter's Edge pre-combat, put a counter on Drowsing Pteranodon, kill their best creature, and then attack for four. And it feels absolutely amazing. Like, that is that is pod racing. That is so good. Yeah, that's a, a nice little counterplay. Yeah, or just like curving like Drowsing Pteranodon into like Llanowar Visionary, draw a card, and then next turn, Hunter's Edge, and then have a, a land open to protect it with Ranger's Guile. Like, that is living the actual dream. Yeah, just smush. Let the dino smush. That card gets in so hard. But man, I really, really enjoy this format. Seems fun. It's very skill-testing. As pretty much all draft formats are, outside of if you get the red-white cycling deck. Yeah, I mean, I think it is Far more skill testing than both Akoria and uh, Theros 2. I wasn't a big fan of Theros. I, I mean, I really enjoyed Theros 2. Like, I liked that draft format. I think if we're if we're if we're putting that one on our grading scale of one to ten, I think that one falls at about like a five or a six. I think Akoria hits about a six or a seven, and I think Corset 2021 falls at around like a a little bit above Aquaria, so it's like a six and a half, seven, and a half, which I don't remember what we rated it just on seeing the cards. I think it was around a seven, seven and a half, right? I think so, something like that. It most certainly lives up to the expectation. It is very, very fun, but the draft itself is very skill testing because you have to pay attention to signals, and if sometimes you get paid off big time for doing that, and if you don't do it, sometimes you get absolutely punished with a abysmal deck. Because that's happened to me on both accounts. Yeah, stay in your lane. It's But, like, that's tough. It's not an easy way to draft. Uh, that's how I... I think that's easier to draft than trying to force something. But you can force, like, Akoria. I'm, I'm leaning on Akoria pretty heavily just because it's the most recent one in my brain. You can force stuff on Akoria pretty easily because the mana is really flexible in that format. The mana yeah. is not flexible in, in M21. So you don't have that luxury. So you, yeah, have you don't to have better. 12, 13 cycling cards in your deck. Yep. Yeah, you can't always guarantee your third color. The The power level of the cards is significantly lower, I think. Because it's just like looking at the cards in Aquaria. You're just like, oh my god. I have this like 4 mana 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> because it, it is put on something else and gives it like 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Seems okay. Yeah, like I think the best 2 drop in the format... Um, is probably Dowsing Pteranodon, maybe? Just because the format is so aggressive. But and you it compare... plays both roles quite well. Yeah. But you just compare that to some of the two drops in at common in Akoria. Well, the like, only one with trades with it is the white three one, isn't it? Well, there for this format? Yeah. Yeah, there is the uh, Daybreak Charger 
it's that's the the flagship white uh three ones three ones not that great with shock in the format everyone just so you are aware yeah i mean i don't hate daybreak charger because it can get you in damage can just time sneak early. in there yeah and if it lives yep. like that misses a two drop you're gonna start smushing for a little bit yeah if your opponent just doesn't immediately have the shock which if they have the shock they're probably using it on the other creature anyway that you're pumping and throwing counters on those seem pretty good oh absolutely just like living the dream of playing the daybreak charger pumping a creature and then them using a removal spell on one of those two creatures and then you just feed of resistancing the creature that they target with the removal spell and just laugh i have a feeling that i'm going to both get people and get got by feet of resistance oh absolutely i have been on the receiving end of that card and i can tell you that being on the receiving end is awful it is so bad yeah i can i can imagine just the pain behind people's eyes yeah that's that's like one of the cards that i want if i'm in white like that in a white green deck hooey sign me up is that that good with the counters, or is that just going after? Um, well, that's another thing about this format, too. I think synergy is king, because I think the synergies in these decks really push the mediocre power level of these cards over the edge. That makes sense. Yeah, so if, yeah, if you're in the green-white deck, putting counters on stuff is very, very fucking... Because your payoff cards are just, like, out of this world, dude. Like one of, Yeah, that white-green thing is just like, okay... Or the common that also just throws counters on stuff. Oh, Conclave Mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Conclave Mentor is, I think, the best uh, two-color uncommon out of all of te all ten of them. Just because it's it gets down early, and the next turn it's usually doing the thing that it's meant to do. Like, just going turn two Conclave Mentor into turn three, uh, the card is called Invigorating Surge. It's two and a green. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature and then double the number of counters on that creature. It turns your seven, seven or it turns your two, two into a seven, seven on turn three that can then attack. Gross. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, you'll never hear me complain about that. Ever. Unless you're on the receiving end of it. Oh, yeah. 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 No, me doing it. Yeah. I will never complain about that. Um, If it happens to me, that's going to be a bad beat story for the agent. Yeah. Constant complaining, but then constant admiration when you do it. Yeah, that's how magic works, right? When I suppose if, so. Yeah, if my opponent does it, they just got super lucky, and they're a piece of shit. But if I yeah. do it, it's oh, all you had, a good, you had a good draw. Yeah, yeah, but when I do it, yeah, I'm just, I'm the best. I'm literally unbeatable. Nobody can touch me unless my opponent gets super lucky, and it definitely has nothing to do with them just playing better than I do. That's, that's how it works. God, you've been playing for magic how long and you don't know this? Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you need to get down with this format. I think you I think you would actually enjoy it. Probably would. I've been on the golf train pretty hard. I love how we're just now the Fetch and Shock Golf Podcast. It's bound to happen. Yeah, because now both of us are just uh, crickety old men that are just like, wow, we're now going to hit the links. What was it like two weekends ago? You sent me a picture of you actually out playing golf, and I sent you a picture of me sitting at a table drafting. <laughs> yeah, friggin' nerd. Yeah, that was that two weekends last week, or not last week, and the weekend before. That moment encapsulates the Fetch and Shark podcast so fucking much. It's unreal. That is us to a T. Yeah. Amazing. Nerds in golf. Every person who plays golf is just secretly a nerd. They just want to pretend like they're athletic. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's how it works. All right, dude. Well, I think I'm done talking about uh, Corset 2021. Done talking about magic forever. 
no, we can't be done talking about magic. We still have our top five to get to, dude. It's true that we do. And in order to keep it themey, for this week, our top five, we decided to do top five cards with hybrid mana costs. That we did. Because if there's anything that we know, it is trolling whatever is happening in the magic community this week. We do have a stipulation. Yep, we no do. fucking companions, because that would be the top five. Just five companions. Well, I mean, we are doing top five favorites, so not all of mine would be the companions. One of them would have been Lurus, because yeah, even sure. though that card's a piece of shit, I love it. That's fair. But Matt, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. So, go back to the card I actually fucking hate. Uh, Hogak, Arisen, Necropolis. Ooh, get a little shout out to Hogak. Talk about opening old wounds. Opening strong and painful, yeah. Fucking brutal wounds, man. And then uh, for all my commander folk out there, Faye, Queen of Una. It's Una, Queen of the Fae, idiot. Oh, yeah, I fucked that up. I do have Faye, Queen of Una. I thought it was... Oh, yeah, Una's the name. Yep, I'm dumb. Yeah, That's you're right. dumb. Moving on. Uh, Fulminator Mage, the, a, the mod, a, modern wasteland. That's a real good one. And then my last honorable mention is Ashiok Dream Render. Oh, yeah, I forgot Ashiok was that was a hybrid card. Yeah, real good. Says fuck off graveyard decks. It really does. And just randomly searching. Sure, go for it. Well, Matt, that's actually a lovely tie-in to my first honorable mention, which is the actual original Modern Wasteland, Shadow of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt, yeah, I guess so, huh? That is the original Wasteland, man. Like, stop your fetch land. Also, like Ashiok, stops them from searching. Yeah, that was a thing for a long time. That's a modern that I wish to go back to. She went sh- bring me back to when Shadow of a Doubt was good. That's um, a good one. What else another, you got? Another one, uh, Merkfiend Liege. That's the Simic Liege. Uh, plus one, plus one, two blue. And plus one, plus one, two green creatures. And uh, creatures untap. At your untap, uh, untap, or at your opponent's untap stat. That's a commander card. All those leads are pretty good. You're not wrong. Um, slippery boggle. The bogle. Shout out to bogle. The bogliest of boggles. Love that or is card. It the bogliest of bogles. Oh, oh, slippery. We didn't. That's a fucking old school Twitter debate. What is? Is it bogle or boggle? It's bogle because boggle is an actual game and it has two G. Ah, so slippery boggle it is. Wrong. <laughs> yes. Motherfucker. And then I have two more. Night Veil Spectre. That's the blue-black one. Yes. That's from a shout-out to when uh, Tyler played Standard, for real. I loved that mono-black and mono-blue Devotion deck, and that card was in both of them because it's uh, blue-black hybrid. And then last last but not least, as an honorable mention, Spectral Procession. Is that technically... I guess it technically is hybrid. And that's why I put it as an honorable mention because it almost felt wrong giving it credit. Well, well, one of mine's like... Oh, you piece of shit. It is hybrid, because it's a choice between one or the other. It's as similar as the Scarecrow. Oh, like Reaper King. That's the one. Well, shout out to Reaper King. Honorable mention Reaper King. That is the one. Perfect. Well, Matt, why don't you uh, give us your number five? Numero cinco. My number five is something we talked about. Murderous Redcap. Killed a lot of folk with Murderous... I do like me a Murderous Redcap. The Gobbo that could yeah deal infinite damage seems okay seems pretty good in kinky pod it wasn't even infinite damage with red cap it was just a four drop that you could sacrifice twice yeah because you know who needs infinite damage when you could just get more value infinite damage well it, it led to it just did not damage <laughs> yeah because you need kiki jiki kiki and uh restoration angel no 
because it has to go get a five drop. It's uh, zealous. Oh, zealous conscript. Conscripts. So. Yep, I like that. Math checks out. All right, Matt, you want to hear my number what, five? Yeah, let's. What's your number five? My number five is figure of destiny. That's a good one. Oh yeah, that is. Oh boy, that card does some things and some stuff. It does things and stuff. That's the one drop one, right? The yeah, gross? figure of destiny okay. is the hybrid red white, and you can. Uh, I guess kind of leveled up for one for one red white hybrid mana. You can make it a two two for three red white hybrid mana. You can make it a four four and for six hybrid red white mana. You can make it an eight eight with flying in first strike. Yeah, a one drop that scales throughout the game always good. Yeah, figure's just so cool and turns into a spirit, a Kithkin spirit warrior avatar. So uh, shout out to spirits. I was about to say that's your that's your jam. Oh hell yeah! Don't worry, there's going to be some spirit shoutouts later on in this too. I'm sure. Actually, kind of leading into uh, not so much, but similar. My number four, another liege, Wilt Leafly. Green white one. That is the green white one. So one green white, green white, green white. Other green creatures you control get a plus one, plus one. Other white creatures you control get a plus one, plus one. And if a spell or ability an opponent controls would cause you to discard Whitley Fleege, uh, you just throw it on the battlefield, and it's a 4-4. That was a big card back in the day versus Jund. Yeah, um, uh, specifically the, Liliana. Yeah, the white-green, uh, quote-unquote, what they called the little kid deck. Yeah, the little kid zoo. Yeah. Oh, I love me some Whitley I played this before uh, Gideon Ally of Zendikar came out. Wiltley Fleege was a mainstay in Legacy sideboards for Death and Taxes, specifically because of Liliana. No, Liliana doesn't really see play, does it? Um, when Grixis is big, Liliana sees play. Um, but Liliana Last Hope is honestly, I think, better than Liliana the Veil. In Legacy specifically, yeah. Uh, in Legacy, yeah. A lot of X1s. But man, if Liliana the Veil is seeing a ton of play, and I am playing that format, you better bet I am packing some Wiltley Fleege in my sideboard. That doesn't surprise me. It is mono white, or is it mono green? Or is it? Or is it both? <laughs> we'll never know. All right, give me your fucking number four, Dad. <laughs> uh, my number four is actually uh, one of my favorite creatures that I've probably killed more people with than anything else creature-wise, besides Resto Angel. But it pairs very nice with Resto Kitchen Fink. Oh, because you, you can, with Birthing Pod, you can turn a Kitchen Finks into a restaurant. And then you get a new Kitchen this little yeah, innocuous, innocuous 3-2 um, smashes, trades quite well, gains you life, just all around good guy kitchen. I mean, when, when well, you it's can like, what is, it. It's like a finks. It's like little oops. Oofs. Oofs. Oof. Yeah, oof. Big oof. Yeah, because they're fucking up a kitchen. As they do. Yeah, that's a good one. How about your number three? So this is the one that's a little fucky. Um, Thopter Foundry. Ooh. Because there is a hybrid mana in there. Nope, I will totally allow it. But it's also at least requires uh, blue mana. Blue, yeah. Because then the hybrid is black or white. Yeah, that, no, that totally counts. I thought so. And then I was like, that one's, do I just do an honorable mention? And I said, fucking yellow. I can do what I want. Nope, you got it. No, that's, yeah, that totally counts. So what is your number three? My number three. This is another spirit shout out. Steel of the Godhead. Blue white one. Yeah, it is two and a blue white hybrid mana for an enchantment. As long as the enchanted creature is white, it gets a plus one, plus one in lifelink. And as long as the enchanted creature is blue, it gets a plus one, plus one, and it is unblockable. Matt, let me tell you what. Strapping this thing onto a Geist of St. Draft... Oh, yeah, you could smush hard. 
Brother, that is pod racing. Holy shit, that feels so good. Eight damage seems pretty good. Yep. Oh, and you can't block four of it, and also I'm gaining four life. And, like, you can't kill Geist. That boy's got some hexproof. That is you have hexproof and not shroud. Yeah, because so that's why you can put Steel of the Godhead on this. That yeah, was, like, the OG spirit tech. Before we got some of our better spirits. Geist still was... pops up occasionally just because people forget about it. Yeah, it's so good. And it hits hard. Especially, It's a great thing to carry a sword. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Trust me, if Geist was a hybrid card, uh, he'd be on this list. He'd be in Death and Taxes. It would be in Death and Taxes. The Sprit. I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's been featured as both a male and a female on different arts. So. They. It's they. Spirit. They would be. Yeah, they they would be on my list if they were hybrid cards. But unfortunately, Geist they're not. fuck some shit up. Um, oh, hell yeah. It used to be a fun deck with Noble Hierarch, and like you would ramp into ramp, quote unquote. It's a three drop, but get to play it a turn early, and then it actually picks up the Exalted trigger since you're only declaring that as an attacker. Yeah, I will take a three fun, three. Fun little fact. I like that a lot. All right, what's your number two? My number two is on one of your honorable mentions that you got wrong. It's Una, Queen of the Fae. Fae, Queen of the Una is always going to be correct. <laughs> no, it's Una. Queen of the Fae. Matt, do you want to know how much Una is uh, on Magic Online? Under a nickel. Yeah, it turns out she is a, a two cents. 0.02 tickets on Magic Online. She was, I think, the very first wood nickel deck I ever built. Fun little tech. Oh my fun. goodness. Una is so sick. And the mill deck is so much fun in Commander. Because you just get to play all these derpy enchantments that do nothing. And then just draw a ton of cards, which is so much fun. Mill the shit out and of people. And then you just mill your opponent. Yeah, that feels that feels very, very good. The last time I played it, I was actually playing against a Villainous Wealth deck. And I milled them to uh, six cards. And then they cast Villainous Wealth and milled me. You fucking deserved it, nerd. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's justice. I don't Justice with has that. been served. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All righty. My number, number two, my number two is Manamorphose. I knew that that was going to be on the list for sure. It had to be. Like, how can it not yep, be? Yep, that's, that's, that's card is right up your ass. It's so good. Um, Cantrip. It seems like, oh, this card? No, it's so good. It draws a card. It fixes your mana. Awesome and Storm. That's one of the only actual modern decks I have together, probably for the rest of time, um, is Storm. And it's one of my favorite cards because it's so silly and bullshit that it's good. No, you're 100% it, right. It's it's really a green card that has all the benefits of a red card, of drawing cards. and. Well, that's just one of those things, too, that's just like, it doesn't, it's one of those decks that doesn't matter what your opponent's doing. It's either you beat them or they're, they beat you. Yep. It just, it gets wild real quick. It really does. Because they're like, oh, they're running out of blue. Oh, Manamorphose, draw my card. Manamorphose, I have all the blue mana I need in the world now. Yeah, you'd never need a, you never need to play another island the, the rest of your life. Yeah, you get it. All right. Can you guess number one? Yeah, it's Deathrite Shaman. It is Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty obvious. Uh, obviously, such a broken-ass little hybrid elf. Man, uh, black and a green, it does everything. Yep, I talk about opening up old wounds. I knew the second that we decided that this is our top five. I knew what your number one was going to be. <laughs> if Loris, Loris didn't get banned, I was going to vintage Loris deck Deathrite Shaman's in it. Because how can you not? 
Oh, talk about the most tilting deck of all time. Good old control, buddy. You just, what, would you just play, uh, you play Coligan's Command in it, and then yeah. you play <laughs> Renin Six in it, and you just play every card that I've ever hated. There would have been some Renin's there for sure. God damn it. I can't think of your number one, um, just because yours have been so off the wall and mostly Commander stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, Matt. My next one is a Constructed card, and I'll even give you another hint. It's an Uncommon. There's like 800. Well, I, I mean, I don't think you were going to guess it regardless, but I feel like giving you a hint. How about I read you the flavor text? Do you think that'll help? Probably not, but go for it. It misses nothing, and it has no sense of humor. No clue. It's Judge's Familiar. Oh, little one drop, blue or white, one one flyer, sack it instant or sorcery, or is that non creature? Um, yeah, so it is a blue white hybrid, one one flyer, a creature bird, and you can sacrifice Judge's Familiar, counter target instant or sorcery spell unless they pay one. Before, in, in, the, in the dark days of modern death and taxes, before Thraben Inspector, this was the premier one drop in mono white. Yeah, it did. A lot disrupted them. They had to play around it. Even if they knew it was there, you could still fuck up their turn. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a really good, like, curse catcher mausoleum wanderer uh, impression, especially in those decks where protecting your creatures, because that's really all you have, is so important that getting this out early, just hitting them for, like, two or three damage, and then, like, stopping the first removal spell or stopping something else important is... Uh, Pretty good. And Aether Vial, obviously, big part of that deck. Getting to, like, surprise counter something out of the white deck. Like, just the surprise tap Aether Vial, put in Judge's Familiar, mana tithe your thing, is, one, really powerful, and two, feels incredible. Yeah, that seems shitty of you. Oh, yeah. Like, you haven't lived... Like, I've never done heroin before, but I imagine the feeling of doing that is really similar to doing heroin because it is that good you know the meme where the dude's just rubbing his face it's that feeling uh-huh oh yeah that's the good shit right there judges familiar i have cast more judges familiars in my life than i think any of the other cards in my top five combined and i play in una deck and i played all of these cards except for figure of destiny in constructed tournament really oh yeah I mean, how long have I been playing Death and Taxes in some capacity? That's fair, for a while. Yeah, I played Modern Hate Bears before I played uh, Legacy. That cracks me up. And that was when Judge's Familiar was at its prime. Yeah, so shout out to Judge's Familiar. 1-1 Flyer, can't go wrong. Turns out it's pretty decent. I love it. Hell yeah. Well, um, enjoy not playing any of these cards in your Commander decks unless they're the exact color. <laughs> yeah, freaking idiots trying to play cards you can't. Or... Maybe in a week when uh, they say that these are legal, uh, enjoy playing them in any deck ever because, uh, yeah, uh, no gods, no masters. Do what you want. Just do what you want anyway. I just realized something that I need to do. I need to build a five-color deck that is nothing but hybrid mana cost cards. Get on it. That is the biggest troll move ever. Everybody complains about hybrid mana symbols, and then you just build the hybrid mana symbol dot deck. That is that shit. That's actually really funny. I love that. You have to use the Scarecrow, the Reaper King. Oh, absolutely. And not play another Scarecrow in the entire deck. Because I don't think there's one with a, with a hybrid mana cost. Yeah, I honestly don't know. And like I said, there is, I want to say like 500 or 700 
I'm going to actually look it up right now. I have the technology. There is 714 cards with Yeah, there's a samples. lot. That's what I said. There's a shitload. Now, some of those are duplicates, like promos, stuff like oh, that. Oh, yep. Very true. Good point. Foils. I think they count the foils as separate. No, on Scryfall, they only count the different printings. The foils don't matter. Oh, I got them. So, yeah, but still. Well, like, that's even take less. those out. Like, that's still like 500 different hybrid mana symbol cards. I can make a commander deck out of that easy. Yeah, definitely. Just random. Oh, God. Coming to a wood nickel near you. You could probably do it on a wood nickel basis, too. Hybrid mana symbol dot deck. Oh, can't wait. Yep, it's happening. Amazing. God, thank you, Scryfall, for being such a solid resource for this. Oh, speaking Someone of Scryfall, could... Matt. Do you want to play our game that has something to do with Scryfall? I suppose so. Matt, you know what that game's called? Hibbity jibbity. No, dude, it's called Accumulated Knowledge, you idiot. So not hibbity jibbity. No, that's actually the the game we're going to play next week. Fuck, now I have to think of a brand new game. No, you don't. I just named it hibbity jibbity. Yeah, but I have to think of how to do it. Get to the same game, just name it different. No, dude, we're playing Accumulated Knowledge. Uh, do you know how the game works, Matt? I do not. Oh, well, here, let me Why explain. don't you go ahead and explain it to me? <laughs> Well, Matt, in accumulated knowledge, we go onto the Scryfall website and we hit the random card button. A random card pops up and one of us asks the mana cost of that card. The other has to give, or we ask the name. I fucked it up. I blew it. You fucked it. It's even, you do it this every week too. Happen. That's the worst part. Oh my God. I've had too many uh, Rolling Rocks tonight. Well, that's your first problem. Shout out to Rolling Rocks. Yeah, we go to the Scryfall thing. We hit the button that does the thing. A card comes up. Uh, one of us asks the the name of the card. The other has to give the, the, the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they get it wrong, um, they uh, never get to play a hybrid card ever again. Never, ever. Or you can only play them in Commander. Oh, so you can only play my wood nickel deck that I have to build. That's one of them. Uh, depending on how good that is, that might not be bad. But Matt, are you ready for your first card? I suppose so. Uh, this one's a slow pitch, so we're going to ease into it for you. Matt, it is lore scale coddle. Oh, this is one green blue. Is that your final answer? Yeah, this is This is even in this set, isn't it? It's in Corset 2021. Yes, yeah, it is. so it's a 2-2, two, two, um, and then whenever you draw a card, put a 1-1 one, one counter on That was a softball question. And it's even in 2021. 20, yeah, it's in the brand new set. All right, so that's a strong start. Are you ready for number two? I suppose so. It is Vinelash Kudzu. Oh, this isn't a commander deck that I was going to build. It grows to hate you. Great flavor text. It's either the... F I think it's a two drop. I'm pretty sure it's a two drop. I'm going to say one and a green because it's landfall. And I think it gets a counter. It's either one and a green or three and a green. I'm going to go one and a green because I think the other one... There is one that's a four drop, but I think this two drop one. Well, Matt, is that your final answer? Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. It doesn't actually have landfall. But it does say whenever a land comes into play under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. This is pre-landfall because this is from Ravnica City of Guilds. Yeah, it's a, it's a rare. It is a rare. It's this a 1-1. One, one. This thing's a hell of a card. Yeah, this thing's a and, quite a card. And uh, limited. I even think, yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, this thing just runs away with the game. If you have it early, if you have it late, it's like, okay, well, this is shit. Oh, no, it's abysmal like on turn eight. But on turn two, this thing's nuts. Well, Matt, are you ready for number three? Yeah, I suppose. Your third card is Ribbons of Raikai. This one's a tough one. I don't even know if I want to waste a hint. <laughs> I don't think you do. If I'm, I, I'm not trying to help, but I don't think you'll ever get this one. Three and a white 
Finally. Matt, you are incorrect. I figured. You know what? If I would have got that, funny, I think what? I would have gotten this one. Yeah, does uh, it have something spirits? It does. <laughs> yeah, Ribbons of Wakai is four and a blue for a sorcery arcane. Draw oh, a card so for each Kamigawa spirit you control. Set. It is from Betrayers of Kamigawa. That's the only arcane spells, so. Yep. Yeah, it draw a card for each spirit you control. I, from my extensive knowledge of spirits, that I would have this card. What did you say the CMC was? Four and a blue. Four and a blue. Yeah, I would have never got Even if you gave me the hint, I wouldn't have got it. Well, Matt, I, th- I think your number four is significantly easier. Well, that's not too hard. Um, No, this is. I think this one might be a softball, too. Um, It is Emiria Angel. This is the landfall. This actually has landfall. This is uh, two white, white. I forget. I'm pretty sure it has flying. I don't remember the power and toughness, but you get a 1-1 one, one flyer with landfall. Matt, you are correct. Amiri Angel is two and two white for a three three flyer landfall. You get a one one bird. A bird. A burb from an angel. And she's an angel. You I get a bird. Yeah, she's the best. I love Amiri Angel. It's so weird to get a bird from an angel. Well, you can't get one one angels, can you? Bro, you gave me three softballs and one that I would never would have gotten. Yeah, well, there's one more, and I think it's also a softball. The Scryfall gods are really digging you today. Well, they've really fucked me the last couple times. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, your last one is Goblin Trash Master. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I can see you getting this one. Maybe not. Actually, this one might be hard. What does this uh, gobbo do? So Goblin Trash Master says, other goblin creatures you control get a plus one, plus one, and sacrifice a goblin, destroy target artifact. All right, I'm going to use my other hint. Is okay. this from M19? Matt, it is from M19. This is too red, red. I remember this. Matt, is that your final answer? Yeah, I know what it is now. You got it. It is exactly too red, red for that text. It is a goblin warrior. It is a 3-3. Three, three. Homies will hold it in like a robot arm or something. Well, he's got like a big old like staff with like a almost like a grinding stone on the end of it. Am I allowed to look this up to look at the art? Sure, go for it. Folks around here are too in love with their contraptions. Does them some good if we smash on every so often. That's perfect. Oh, yeah, that's not a... That's some good goblin text. Yes, it is. That's They have the best text for goblin. Goblin flavor text is, on the whole, pretty outstanding. Yeah, that's not a robot arm. I don't know what it is. It's like a wheel. Yeah, it's almost like a like a, like a grind stone on a staff. I love me some goblins. Don't we all? The old art for goblins is the best. I think just art, just goblins in general, just flavor wise. I'm just going to buy one of, is there like super expensive goblins outside of like being Lackey. a goblin king? Lackey's not cheap. What is not cheap? I don't know, a couple bucks. Uh, like 15 bucks pending. Yeah. No, not even. It's only like 10 bucks. I mean, still. Oh, uh, that's the really good one. Yeah, Lackey's very, very good. That's the one that's just like, oh, hey, I'm going to Lackey into the five drop one makes other goblins. Uh-huh, Absolutely. But yeah. Those were some softballs. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome. I just gave you that one. You did hand it over. Yeah, you're the winner, bud. Uh, so that means you get the shout-out for the week. All right, so since you gave me the softball, um, I do get the shout-out. You are correct. Um, I would like to shout-out Pre-Modern Magic. So this is from 4th Edition all the way up to Scourge. Um, they do have a pretty good band list, so like Brainstorm, Force of Will, some of those stupid powerful in a good way things are banned and that keeps it pretty fresh yeah good that they're not in that format 
Yeah. So on Twitter, their Twitter is, just, I think, at Premodern Magic. Yep, that's exactly uh, right. Yeah, they have links that you can go to to see the actual ban list. Super fun. It's also very cheap. Like, you can build decks. Like, the most expensive card in the format is Mox Diamond and City of Traders. But, like, really only one deck runs City of Traders. And even then, that's not the best deck. Or, like, even up there. No, there's and there's decks for each kind of play style, too. You've, you've introduced me to the format. And I think this tickles my fancy a little bit more than old school does. It's, Just well, first one- of all, the barrier... The price point is huge. Way cheap. Um, So I have three decks built for it. I have a Turbo Lands deck that uses Oath of Druids. And eventually, I just time time warp uh, my life away and kill them with Morphling and or Ravenous Bayloth. Another one is Survival of the Fittest, um, which I'm going to give you a cheat code. I bought the the gold-bordered World Championship one. Oh, because you can play them in that format too, yeah. Yeah, most people don't really care. Um, so they were like six bucks a piece instead of a hundred. And then the best deck, arguably the best deck in the format, is Landstill, Oof. which is dirt. Yeah, because what you don't need fetch lands in this format. Some of them are available, but you don't need them to have a uh, a competitive deck. Well, here they're not that great. They're really just for mana fixing. It's not. Oh, I get my mana fixed and I get a free ancestral because of brainstorm that's the big thing yeah so sh- yeah shout out to pre-modern super cheap check it out the Fun website format to play is pretty comprehensive too from what i've seen like it gives you like a pretty good layout of uh like what's going on where some of the cards in the format where some decks in the format stuff like that yeah and like a, it really is cheap it's probably cheaper than modern cheaper than oh, s- i think for some sure. standards for sure i don't know the current standard but i feel like it's safe to assume it is yeah, I think you might be right. I generally am, bud. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so that's All my right, shout-out. Go check it out. Yeah, that's a good shout-out. Or else. All right, man. Well, uh, I guess there's only one more thing to do. What's that? Shameless plug time. Oh, you're so lucky. I was taking a deep breath to scream peace. Oh, no, dude. I Listen, got to cut you off before. No, we got to plug our... Uh... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, we got to... Got to shout out the uh, the Fetch and Shock Twitter, Fetch underscore Shock. We also have my Twitter, at Basic Land Bin, and then Matt's Twitter, at It's Bot. And shout out the Fetch and Shock Discord. Like I mentioned before, we are running an event uh, coming July 10th through the 12th. We are running the Corset 2021 post-release, pre-release. If you're interested in that, jump on the Fetch and Shock Discord. You can find that on our Twitter. Again, Fetch underscore Shock or in the description of this episode. Yeah, get some deets on it. All right, dude. Well, uh, I will I will let you, since you were so eager, I'll let you start the closing. Goodbye, friends. <laughs> I see it. This is, this is when we start closing it out like, uh, <laughs> like Mr. Rogers. Good farewell, my fellow. Good, goodbye, you sweet individuals, you lovely human beings. Or we can do our, see you later, nerds! Peace! <laughs> Yeah, that one's better. I like that one. I would say it gives me a chance to rid all them demons from my body. You exercise them demons. <laughs>